Hey, what's happening, guys? Got a brand new Eastman's Elevated for you. So on today's podcast, going to sit down and do a solo, talk all about early season antelope, early season mule deer hunts, uh, as well as talk about uh, this recent Hawaii trip and some of the things I learned out there. So should make for a good episode. We'll get right into it. Just want to thank a couple of my sponsors. Uh, I actually want to thank all my sponsors. Uh, these are the companies that stand behind me and stand behind the podcast uh, that, that really allow me to take the time to, to bring you guys these quality conversations, quality podcasts, and put it out. Uh, so I just really appreciate their support. Um, and, and I also, I really like their gear. I think uh, these companies are the best in the business. So if you guys are in the market for any new gear, uh, make sure to check these companies out. Give them a chance. Uh, really brings weight to the podcast. And like I say, I, I use their gear all year long uh, and, and believe in it. And so I, I just really appreciate the support of these companies and support of you guys. So uh, thanks to Everly Stock Packs, Matthews Bows, Savage Rifles, Sig Sauer Optics, Sportsman's Warehouse, Zamberlin Boots, Black Rifle Coffee Company, Cutter Stabilizers, High Mountain Seasonings, Onyx Maps, Swagger Bipods. Um, so yeah, thanks again to those guys. Uh, for their support of the podcast. Really appreciate it. Also, thanks to Eastman's for believing in this podcast. Uh, Eastman's have, has supported me from the very beginning, so make sure to check out everything we have going on out there. Um, man, I, I love writing for the magazines, Eastman's Bow Hunting Journal, Eastman's Hunting Journal. Uh, we have that promo code ELEVATED321. That'll give you both magazines for $50 and a free Outdoor Edge knife or one magazine for $30 and an Outdoor Edge knife. It's a heck of a deal. I really enjoy getting these magazines every month and have for years. Uh, this is the, the one consistent thing that I've done for the last dozen years is uh, go to the mailbox, get my Eastman's, and read through it. So I really enjoy it. Uh, also check out our internet research tool, Tag Hub, uh, giving away that Quiet Cat bike. I believe this month or here real soon to uh, members of Tag Hub. It's a great research tool. They're improving and evolving all the time. Uh, so make sure to check that out. Check out our internet TV show, Beyond the Grid. Uh, you can find that by search searching Eastman's Hunting TV on YouTube. And should be some new episodes coming out. Uh, really proud of this. Um, I have a couple early season deer hunts from last year that I really like. But uh, we've got a new one coming out that I'm super excited about. Also on the outdoor channel, set your DVR, Eastman's Hunting TV. Uh, got some good episodes on there. And um, hopefully we'll continue to release a lot of these episodes onto YouTube for everybody to enjoy. All right. Into the podcast. Man, um... So fun, able to fit in this Hawaii trip. Uh, I just have, uh, you know, I talk about it all the time, but, you know, in, in life, uh, friends and family are number one. Uh, actually, in, in the opposite order, family and friends. But it's it's so important and so meaningful to have, like, these really good friends. Um, and, and I've just, uh, I, I've shared a couple hunts with my Hawaii buddies. They're actually a bunch of hunts now at this point. And, um they're just they're just really good people, really good friends, and they hosted me out there, put this whole thing together for me, took off work, uh, hunted with me, uh, just absolutely amazing. Um, such great guys, and I just really appreciate my friendship with these guys, and can't wait to see them as they're coming to the states for some elk hunts as well. Uh, also able to take my good buddy Dan Hevern out there. Uh, I've hunted all over with that guy, but he's never been to Hawaii, 
And so I put this this trip together. And again, uh, my Hawaii buddies, uh, uh, Rob, Sean, and Janus, uh, they hosted both of us, gave us a place to stay, rig to use, uh, found us some good hunting out there. So, I mean, really, the, the whole trip came together because of those guys, uh, more so than anything else I did. But uh, just great friends, and I really enjoyed the time I got to spend with them, laughs I had. Uh, I just had an absolute riot. So, um Man, I've been busy. I went straight from that hunt and um, told you guys about those couple speaking engagements, which I've always wanted to do. Uh, did the Western Hunting Summits before those. So it's been a really busy summer, as well as Barney Construction is as busy as it's ever been. Uh, we're having a great year and building a bunch of homes and have really good clients, but um, it's just really busy trying to take care of everything and uh, make sure everybody's taken care of. We've got really good clients, so just want to make sure that I you know, come through on, on everything that, that I've told them and, um, deliver these houses to them. And, and, um, and it's, it's been a challenge. It's been a challenge with subs and material availability and, uh, definitely been some stress on my shoulders, but you know, that's what you get when you run a business. So it's, it's just handling these things as, as they come in as best I can. And, uh, trying not to worry about the rest, you know, letting the cards fall where they do. If I put my best effort I keep in contact with all my subs, uh, you know, and I, I relay all that information, um, you know, and, and work hard and on the job site and doing all the little things like it'll come together and we'll build a heck of a house and the clients will be happy. So just making sure that I'm efficient and effective. And uh, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a challenge being gone so much, but um, it's coming together. We're going to hand off a house um the end of this week, uh, which would be a great feeling. It's a, a gorgeous home, gorgeous Western home. So um, super proud of it and uh, can't wait to, to pass on the keys to the owners here. So I need to get about eight days worth of work done in about four days, but uh, that's par for the course for me. So uh, we're going to make it happen here. I'll uh, get off this podcast, start making some phone calls. But yeah, just being a efficient and effective, like really working in my mornings and in my evenings and then you know, also, you know, it's, um, it's tough being gone from my family so much, um, taken off a lot of time this year that, that hasn't gone towards hunting, that's been towards the speaking and the things that, that I'm trying to grow and, and trying to build my name at. And, and that takes work and takes time and they understand that, which has been good, but still just need to spend quality time with them as well. And, so and I have been um, spending dinners with them, and then uh, my daughter's letting me shoot her senior pictures, which is just amazing for me. Like uh, to be able to to take her out and go shoot these pictures. She's just um, man, they're growing up right in front of me. Daughter's a senior next year. I can't believe it. But uh, we got some awesome pictures on the first shoot. I had scouted a couple locations, and she was able to relax and. Um, just took some awesome photos that I'm really proud of, and then um, we'll do a couple shoots. So uh, you know. The one thing is, is it's quality time that we can spend together laughing and enjoying ourselves and um, took my my youngest daughter with us and she was a huge help uh, making her sister laugh and things. But yeah, just spending this quality time with them and my wife. We've got a trip planned for um, December I'm super excited about. And so, you know, just trying to make sure that that uh, I'm not neglecting them and they feel loved and even as busy as I am. Um it's still so important to spend quality time with them and and they're having a good busy summer as well um but yeah it's 
it's going to be tough to see my little family unit uh, break apart, but it's good. It's like um, part of the progression. And we've raised Taylor from a kid and or from a baby. I guess we didn't get her as a kid, but <laughs> we've raised her uh, from a baby to be um, to be you know to have the right ethics and morals. And and um, she's just turning into a to a heck of a girl or heck of a lady, which is which is really fun to see. And now this is the progression: is to to find a college and and uh, more independence and and um, going to be out on her own. But uh, it, it'll definitely be tough to get used to. I sure enjoy their company and and really for me, it's just engaging when I'm home with them as well. Uh, even if I'm tired, you know, last night, uh, full day of work and uh, got in a run and. Um, you know, just busy, but, you know, still able to, to cook dinner and sit down for dinner with them and uh, uh, clean the kitchen and, you know, just do those little things. They make such a difference. But um, we've been watching the Olympics lately, which has been really fun. Oh, man, I sure enjoy watching those. So uh, we've been watching those together and, and um, it's, it's just uh, it's been a smoky summer, which has been weird here. We've had so many wildfires. It just seems like... Um, the smoke has just filled the valley. I can't even see the mountains most days. Um, you know, we're just in a drought across most of the West, but uh, finally uh, getting some rain here and starting to cool down. I, I could actually see the mountains yesterday, so that was a good feeling. Uh, I, it's tough um, to know how much that, that weighs on you, you know, until, you know, it's, it's just like uh, this, this overall stressor or whatever. It's just this smoky, hot summer, but um, no big deal. We're getting out and enjoying ourselves and, um, coming into hunting season, which I'm super excited about, but yeah, able to fit in this, this Hawaii trip, Hey buddy, Dan, and then, um, rolled out to Hawaii. These guys put this thing together and, um, I, I'm just, uh, I'm so impressed at how switched on those axis deer are. They just sharpen my skills all the way around. And in every species is a touch different, you know, I almost, I feel like they're like antelope, but they live in more cover. And so, um, I shot really good there. My execution was great. Uh, it's, it's just, uh, really executing a controlled shot no matter what. And I had a miss because of a controlled shot where, um, you know, and, and out there, a lot of times, a lot of times when I'm moving in on animals, I'm actually standing up and, um, I can use the ungulation or the rolls of the hill to kind of hide me or put a tree in between me. But if I'm being completely honest, like I got busted by mule deer last year, at least one that saw me moving in between the trees as I was moving in. Now, there wasn't any other approach on that one, but I just noticed these axis. If you're in, in their sight window, like, and you're trying to move in, like in the open or even in cover trying to use those trees, it's just all these animals pick up on movement so well. And this reminds me of antelope as well as, you know, there's no open moving on antelope. And to be honest, I don't do a lot of crawling or belly crawling. Like I will if the circumstances call for it. But for the most part, I'm just really trying to use the land and the ungulation to move in. And uh, what I found, these axis deer taught me real quick, is that you just can't get away with any movement if you're in their sight window. Sure, you can use a tree if you've got one that's full enough. Um, but there's just no moving in on these on these deer uh, you know, unless you've got rolls in the land or, you know, that final approach, you can definitely come over a rise, you know, and keep your eye on them. But um, I ended up crawling more than I usually do just because if I got down below, you know, the, the roll of the land, 
that if I could crawl, like, um, you know, I just, I wasn't in the, the sight window of any of these uh, axis deer. And man, I have just fallen in love with chasing these things. These things are an absolute riot. They are so switched on. And, um, and these giant racks, I was chasing, um, I, w- I was looking for a big one out there, which was really fun. I, I did, I shot really good, like I told you guys. Uh, the one that I that I missed um, was great execution. So I there had to be a hundred axis deer and a couple giant bucks in this group. And uh, real slow, I snuck up. And so the game is to see them before they see you. And the axis deer really help with still hunting and stalking because you do get so many chances to move in. And the still hunting is just so extremely difficult. And so you're hunting this this thicker country or this thicker brush where you can kind of see like 100 to 150 yards at a time and and you're hunting through it. But the minute you start, like there's axis deer spread out throughout the country and the minute you start moving too quick, you bust these deer and you never get a chance at them. And I did really good not busting a a lot of deer, uh, but it's really moving this slow and controlled and it is so tough to move so slow all day long. It, uh, or all morning long, all afternoon long. It's just so difficult. And then continuing to use my binos to glass 100, 150 yards in front of me and pick out these axis deer. And the game is to see them before they see you. And that's always the game in bow hunting. Um, and all all the skills that I've built, you know, they all transpose. But like I say, every species is a touch different. And these axis are really switched on. So you don't get away with much. So it's it's moving this really slow and controlled way, and I think this still hunting is really going to help me out with all my hunting. And and like um you know I don't still hunt very much, but I'm always moving through country, and I can slow down as I'm moving in between spots and really still hunt it and see that mule deer before he sees me, or see that elk before he sees me, or when I'm going in on a stock like on elk, it's like this moving stock, and so as I get close. I slow down and I start still hunting and have to see those elk before they see me. It's just the exact same skill set that you use all the time for access. So it's really going to help me uh, to slow down, really glass what's in front of me. Um, and, and then once you spot them, then you make a play and, and you're able to make a stock. And so that one that I missed, um, I spotted there was like 100 axis in front of me with some really nice bucks. It was this huge herd that kept rolling down on this ranch and then rolling back up. Um, middle of the day, they'd come down every morning and night or come down for the evening feed or whatever, um, and then go back up. Uh, so it's super fun to chase this, these, these deer. And so I spotted them and, and, uh, started, uh, moving in and pretty soon, you know, I, I was in the open. I could keep my eyes on them, but I was just, I just knew one of them were going to pick me out if I didn't like use that ungulation, that roll of that land. And, um, had a really good wind. Uh, Hawaii also makes you really good at reading the winds, making sure you're hunting into the winds. Um, just so many great skill sets learned there. And so I started moving in and, and then I had to get below the ungulation. So I had to crawl and none of these deer knew I was there, but with a, a hundred deer, hundred, um, 200 eyes, actually I can do math, <laughs> but, uh, 200 eyes looking around and so wary and so switched on, like, had to get below the roll of the land and so I was able to crawl in get to my knees without anything seeing me so just pop up really slow and controlled just like I'd hunt anything and then get my bow out in front of me and then wait for a good shot as they were milling around and I had this giant buck and man he was like 40 yards and he had this this tree that was blocking his vitals even though he was broadside 
and uh, there was maybe like a few inches to sneak a window in there before his shoulder and his vitals, and I thought, no, that's too tight of a window, and then he took a step, and I had like a good foot between the edge of his shoulder, that tree, and right in the center of that was his vitals. And uh, I knew it was a shot I could make. I was from my knees. It's like 40 yards, maybe 45 yards, something like that. can't remember the exact distance. But um, drew back. Nothing saw me drawn back and start settling my pin and start pulling back and um, pull, pull. And the shot or the pin just danced from the edge of the tree to the edge of the shoulder. It was kind of moving left and right as, you know, I don't shoot as good on my knees as I do standing, but that's a makeable shot for me for sure. And so it just danced back and forth, and I kept pulling, pulling, you know, uh, uh, not making the shot go, st- sticking to my controlled shot sequence, and kept pulling, and um, and wouldn't you know it, like, the shot broke and hit that edge of that tree and didn't kill that buck, but I was so proud of, like, the execution on that, and not punching it, not making it go when the shot took longer to break than it normally does, I was from my knees, awkward stance, gotta shoot now, you know, all those situations, and, um, you know, a uncontrolled shot, maybe I would have killed that buck if I punched it off, but the deal is, is, like, throughout the season, if I, if I really commit to my controlled shot, uh, my percentages go way up. I just make more precise shots. They just hit in the center of the vitals. They hit right where I'm aiming. Uh, those animals die quickly. Like, I just know my odds go way up. And so, yeah, one time I can punch a trigger and maybe kill that animal. But throughout the course of a season, that's going to come back and bite me. My percentages are going to go down. I'm not going to make as precise shots. And so, um, you know, I, I've just become okay with either making a good controlled shot or not shooting at all. And, you know, there's always those circumstances where the shot's got to break now or it's got to happen quick. And if that's the case, I'd just rather not shoot and just wait for a better opportunity. And so I'm just committed to this controlled shot as I know that, you know, if I can stick to that, you know, 95% of the animals I shoot at this year are going to die and they're going to die from a perfect shot. Uh, So I was really proud of that execution, even though it didn't uh, end up well. Uh, But other than that, I shot really good. Uh, really good, precise shots, controlled shots on these animals, uh, able to harvest uh, my best buck to date, which was really cool, hunting hard with my buddy Sean, and uh, he really, um, he got us on some good places, he hunted with us quite a bit, and um, didn't bring his bow, like he was just out there to try to help us out, uh, just really kind, and just, uh, um, he's a great hunter, you know, and so like uh, being able to team up with him, and Dan teamed up with him, Dan did well, uh, Dan did really good out there as well and uh, harvested a couple really nice bucks and a doe. And so, um, yeah, we came back with a bunch of axis meat, but God, it just made, made me so good at that still hunting and those stalks, uh, just those nuances of the stalks, all the little things, you know, um, that, that add up into a harvested animal. And I made some mistakes along the way as far as, you know, think the animals are there, like uh, had this ditch line and tried to hop in this ditch line and uh, or had these axis deer moving in this ditch line and tried to get in front of them and cut them off. And, you know, we'd go too far or whatever and then um, come over the top and they'd, they'd end up seeing me or, you know, just had a couple of those circumstances that I could have played a little bit better, but for the most part made really good plays um, and, and good shots and, and uh, good stocks. And so, um, so pumped at it to, to kill my best axis to date and uh good execution on these bucks and it was just this 
you know, it's the thrill of the hunt. I just, uh, I absolutely loved to bow hunt. It was hot, um, which I had done my heat training, which paid off big time. And uh, just an absolute riot. I just love to be bow hunting. And to spend that quality time with my buddies um, was just uh, uh, so unreal. And so, uh, yeah, finished up that trip, made it home, and now getting ready for this year's fall hunts. Uh, been gone a bunch and need to get a bunch done. And so, you know, a lot of this getting ready for season is, you know, making sure that my family's taken care of, making sure everything's right with the business and, um, you know, that we can take care of that work. And, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I took, I took quite a bit of work for this year. And so, you know, I'm going to have to work in between these hunts and, um, you know, I'll be a weekend warrior at times, but uh, I'm, I'm fine with that. Like, um, we'll get it done and I'm going to get my time in the mountains and that time in the mountains, it really is like, uh, you know, right now I leave for a hunt here in a few days for high country mule deer, my absolute favorite. And these trips come and go so quick. Like this season is so short. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to do everything to prepare myself and really just get my mind ready. Like I know I put in the work shooting my bow, been to a bunch of these 3d shoots, running arrows through my bow. And right now. I'm just in the final phase of it. Like I'm running a lot of uh, single shot groups. So anytime I walk by my bow, first thing in the morning, in the evening, I'm trying to shoot that first cold arrow and put a lot of weight on that first cold arrow, shooting it from my knees, shooting it at distances that I know I can make and uh, one shot execution and trying to really visualize that, that animal standing there. And then, you know, also just running arrows through the bow just to make sure everything's dialed and, um, you know, up in my arrow count here for this week to just uh, really make sure that everything's fine-tuned and I'm ready for it. And um, been getting in my runs, like been so busy, but um, still fitting them in, you know. And as I was traveling, uh, you know, uh, busy with uh, uh, meetings and everything else, but I still able to squeeze in runs. And I, I maybe didn't get them every single day, but um, every other day or making sure that I'm getting... Uh, in some really good heat runs or longer runs when I can fit them in. And then when I'm home, I'm in my routine uh, of running nearly every day. But I just know I put in the work. And so I've got my body ready, uh, my shooting's dialed. And so just um, trying to get my mind right here with these last few days. We've been get, trying to get so much construction work done. And, um, you know, that I just, uh, I got to get my mind right for these hunts. I know it, it all starts and ends with my mind and this mindset um, so, so just getting ready for the hardships I'm going to face, the challenges I'm going to face. Like I know, you know, I'm going to run into hunting pressure at times. I know, uh, that, that, you know, I'm going to hike into areas where there's not going to be a giant buck where I'm going to have to keep traveling country. I'm going to have to endure weather. I'm going to have to endure, you know, I might lose days because of, of, of rainstorms or snowstorms. Uh, I made, you know, I've got to ride out some gnarly lightning storms, so make sure I'm safe there. And so just getting my mind right for, for all of this to, to put maximum effort in, uh, take all my encounters super serious, uh, all, take all my stocks. Like I, I just want to, want to be clutching these moments. And then also like, um, you know, if I've got a, if, if my mind's firing and I've got a strong mind, like I can adapt to any situation I'm given. I can, I can think my way out of these situations. And so like, this is what I live for. This is hunting season. I prepared all year for it. Like I couldn't be more excited to cut these legs loose, uh, get to the mountains and, and go on my final test, you know, my final exam, a uh, backcountry hunt, 
been dreaming of this all year long, and uh, it's finally upon me. And so, you know, I, I really want to have um, confidence in the mountains, just know that, um, you know, that I can get it done with a sliver of opportunity and, and that, you know, I need to hold out for my target animal, uh, not cut myself short, and know that anybody that's coming with me uh, has to have the same toughness as I do. And so, you know, I know my buddy Dan is is all in. I'm not not worried about him. I'm actually not worried about anybody. Uh, but I, you know, I've got a new cameraman this year. We're going to try to capture a bunch of these hunts this year, probably more than I usually do. And um, so, you know, he's going to have to adopt my same toughness and same attitude and and uh, 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 will to succeed in the mountains, you know. And and I can't I can't start making decisions for other people. Like I have my goals. I've worked really hard at them. And of course, there's safety that comes into play and things. But you know, just maximum effort. I know if I put forth maximum effort, like I can get it done. And we're all capable of so much more than we ask ourselves. And so this season, uh, just want to find a, a new gear, uh, maximum effort day in, day out, anything I can do to try to kill that buck. And then, you know, really be clutch when I get my opportunities. And so don't make any of those stupid mistakes that I've learned from, you know, with the wind. And, and if things aren't right or the approach isn't right, I'm not going to go in and go spook that deer. I'm going to wait for the right opportunity to go make it happen. So just really trying to get my head right for these these hunts, this exertion. The first hunt of the year is a backpack hunt for high country mule deer. Um, man, I just love hunting high country muleys. This is uh, my my absolute favorite as it's um, extreme country that I'm going into, and, and it's just going to require extreme miles and elevation. Uh, good behind my glass. Uh, try to create some of these opportunities, and and so on these mule deer you know, especially these high country, like what I'm, what I'm trying to do, um, or what my goal is, is, is to catch these bucks. And then I really want to bed them down and I want to bed them down and they're going to bed in that, that mid morning after they feed for a bit, they may bed more in the open. I call this their first bed. Uh, and, and this isn't where I'm looking to make a play. The, the deal is, is sometimes they bed in some really good spots in that first bed, but usually the winds are still. And as it gets to afternoon, these, these directionals come up and these directionals will really, you know, they, they not only give me a consistent wind, but, but they also block my sound or my approaching sound. And so this is really like my highest percentage chance. And so I really, when they bed in that first bed, I'm just going to keep my eyes on them. And then, um, you know, as they as they move up to their second bed, they're usually going to stay in their second bed or that area for the afternoon. And so I know they're going to be there. This is where I want to make my play on these deer. And and um, when I'm going to make a play on these deer, I use technology on my side as well. Like uh, I want to take a picture on my phone, zoomed out and zoomed in, uh, mark where the deer are, where I want to stalk to. And I'm actually planning my stock. But it's always different when you get over there. So I'm not afraid to adapt my stock once I get there and once I see the terrain and once I'm above those deer, but I want to have a rough game plan of where I want to stock to and where I'm going to get my shot. And so I make this plan. I take pictures because it always looks like the it looks like the, the moon when you get over there. It never looks the same like when you're glassing it as when you get over there. And so I'm going to take really good notes uh, where that second bed is, where all the deer bedded, my approach. And then, um, yeah, I'm gonna. Uh, I'm also gonna mark it on Onyx. Like, try to mark where I think the buck is, where I'm gonna approach to, and have all this at my disposal once I get over there. And uh, if 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 conditions aren't right, I'm gonna stay behind my glass. 
Um, or what I like to do is like to stage myself over there. Like I'll get over there and I'll stay a couple, two, three hundred yards where then maybe I can see that deer. I've still got a steady wind and, and then I can adapt to the situation I'm given when that deer gets up or if he moves beds, I'm there to capitalize. And so I'll just move in closer or I'll make my approach. And, and when I make my approach, um, you know, I, I'm really going to move slow. I'm going to, I'm going to use the shadows to move in and then, you know, just like these axis deer, like all these animals, they see movement. And so uh, really going to use the ungulation to come up and over them. Um, going to work on on um, like like the toughest thing is that final approach or that final little ridge line you have to come over. I call it like ridge line assaults. And as you come over that ridge line, you start to expose the country and your mind's screaming at you to come over the top and get a shot at that animal. But this is when I need to move my slowest. And in all my movements, like I don't like fast and erratic movements. So I don't like drawing my bow and coming over top the ridge. I, I'd rather creep over the ridge as slow as possible and get my bow in front of me as slow as possible and draw as slow as possible when the time's right. Um, or like uh, I see it for elk, like when people draw their bow and then they start walking to get around the tree. Instead, I want to move slow and controlled to get around the tree when they're not looking at me and then draw my bow really slow and execute my shot. Like, I don't want this erratic movement. And one of the things I see, your biggest mistakes I see hunting animals is I'll be hunting with somebody and we're hunting, you know, through the forest or through a ridge or whatever. And the minute they see an animal, they drop to their knees. This is a huge movement. Now, Granted, like from your knees is a better silhouette than standing. Animals pick up a standing human better than a silhouette, but for the most part, they see that movement. And so when you see that animal and instantly drop to your knees, that's this huge movement that then catches that animal's eye. Now he's on to you, and now the gig is up. Like you're on borrowed time. It's probably not going to happen, you know. So uh, I, I really like slow, controlled movements, and especially on mule deer. So uh, I'm going to make these controlled shot, controlled stocks in and try to be clutch on these stocks. It's no shortcuts. Uh, you know, if they can see in a meadow and I have to walk across that meadow, like I'm going to drop elevation and come down through the trees where they have no chance of seeing me, no chance of knowing that I'm hunting them. Uh, so I'm really going to try to play it that way. Uh, the winds always dictate, you know, what you can do and what you can't. And, and so... You know, in these mountains, I carry a notebook and I'm taking notes of the wind, like the the thermal winds as the sun comes up and it heats the valley floor, it heats the air around it. And then that air starts to rise and it rises up the canyons and coolies and up the lows and it starts running up the mountain. And so this happens about mid morning. And so when these thermals are switching, it can be a real fickle wind. Um, but but as it gets throughout the day and it gets hotter, it gets more of a steady wind. Now, if you have a storm come in, if it rains, if it gets real heavy overcast, this can switch the thermals again. Uh, but just learning these thermals and how they move up and down the mountain and taking note of them and knowing the difference between a thermal and a directional. Uh, and then the adverse happens like in the evening as uh, the mountain hillside starts to shade up. It starts to cool that air around it, and that air starts to drop, and so it'll start to drop down those canyons and coolies. Uh, when it first starts to switch with the sun still up, it can be fickle, uh, but then it gets steadier as as uh, more shade hits that mountainside. So knowing those thermals, and then also you have the directionals, and these directionals, uh, you can really pull off a weather app, or I use this this windy app. 
It's a red app with a white W that'll kind of predict the winds and which direction they're coming from. But you can look at what the wind's going to do tomorrow. And and when you have a southwest wind, it's paying attention to how it moves through the mountains. And I really want to find these bucks on a dominant wind hillside where the wind's blowing against against it, where the hillside's facing south. Excuse me, where the the hillside's facing south, and I've got a south wind blowing against it. This makes for a real steady, constant wind, and so that's what I'm looking for. Uh, the worst situations are a lee wind side, where you got a hard wind that's blowing from the south, and you're hunting the north side. It just like it acts like a washer machine over that side, and just washes around this wind over there. And so, uh, you know, paying attention to what hillside these deer are on, and and um, paying attention to the winds, and because the winds. It's not so, you know, like I use a, a wind floater now, wind checker. The wind floater is great. You can just see the wind move further and kind of follow that that floating piece of, of white in the air and see what it's doing and how it's reacting. Uh, but but it, it may be different on the opposing hillside or the hillside where the deer are than where you're sitting. And so just knowing what these winds are doing or having this higher understanding of the winds really helps in planning the stock and not getting busted by the wind. Uh, so I, I'm definitely going to look at that at all my approaches and make sure the wind's right. I'm not going to cheat the wind at all this year and uh, just going to make calculated good plays. Like uh, if it's not right or I don't think I can kill that animal, I'm not moving in. And so as I start to stalk in, it's all about slowing my pace. And, and the closer I get, the slower I move. And, uh, you know, as I get 100 yards um, I like stalking like uh, in, in real minimalist running shoes that rubber seems to stick to the rocks in the steep country I hunt or stick to the grass as some of these hillsides, you know, they can be 30, 40 degree slopes or even 50 degree slopes. Uh, so that seems to work pretty good for me. Had an idea to wear these minimalist running shoes and then also put some wool socks over top of them. So I'll try that out and see how that works. But really, it's all about pace and slowing down. And then those still hunting skills, like taking a step in glassing, taking a step in glassing, and really reading the mannerisms of these animals, making sure that they're not looking at me. Um, You know, making sure that, um, you know, they're not on high alert. And if they are on high alert, like, it's just a matter of waiting. Like, I may sit there 10, 15 minutes, let everything calm down, let these deer forget about me. And so you can just kind of tell and and keep tabs on them by the way their horns are looking, how erratic, erratic their horns are, are changing, if they're looking in my direction. So there's there's all these there's all these cues that these animals will give you on a stock. And, and, um, and then my game for mule deer, like I, I don't throw rocks, I don't get them up. Like as I get close, I just want to get myself into position. And if I can shoot them in their bed, great. Uh, but it doesn't happen very often for me, like maybe 10, 20% of the time, um, just like thinking off the top of my head. And um, I will shoot them in their bed, but it's a smaller window to hit when they're laying down, like trying to read that angle. And also, you know, a lot of times you have to expose yourself to get that shot. And I don't want to expose myself to these deer. I want to stay hidden and keep the element of surprise. Also, they can lay with their spine facing you. And, um, you know, that that spine facing you, it's it's a major block. And maybe you hit that spine and you drop that deer. But it's just not a chance that I'm willing to take. Like, I just don't like trying to fit it in this tight window. I'd rather have them stand and have a, a good target to shoot at. Um, so I will look for a shot in their bed if the situation's right, like I say, that 20% of the time. Uh, but a lot of times, I'm just sneaking myself in close into range. And um, 
I'm not stalking to failure. I'm not going to stalk too close. Or like I find a lot of guys will stalk a buck and they'll get in close and they'll just keep moving in until eventually they, they blow that buck out. What I want to do is I want to sneak into my effective range, keep the element of surprise, and then wait for this buck to get up. And I don't want to expose myself. If his head's behind a tree or his body's behind this tree, well, then he can't see me, but I'm not going to work really hard to my right or to my left with all this movement to expose myself to see his body. Like, I'll just sit there and know that he's behind that tree, let him get up and let him walk out. Now, deer always look around for danger as they stand up. So there's a good chance to try to draw your bow as they're standing. It's a lot of times they're not looking at you as they're standing. You try to draw your bow. I'll use that, um, you know, if you have a clear shot at them when they stand. But a lot of times I'm letting them stand, letting them look around for danger. And, and they may look in my direction and, and they almost look like they see me, but they'll stare right through me. As long as I don't move, I don't react. They'll look my direction. They may look downhill. When they look downhill or look away from me, that may be my chance to shoot. But I may have to let them look a, look around and then walk out from where they are, walk out into the open, and then give me a shot there. And I love, you know, patience kills the buck, one of my favorite sayings. It's like the more patient you can play these scenarios, the better chance you have at killing them. And you also have to capitalize when you get your opportunity, but it's just not forcing it. It's letting the, the situation develop and then... Um, trying to capitalize on it and so um, what I'm doing on these these mule deer a lot of times is let the buck make the last move I get myself into position I'm into range where I can comfortably make a shot and I let that buck get up and walk out and start feeding and then I'm going to make my play and it's also important not to to force these shots like uh, a lot of times there's limbs in the way or limbs close like you're gonna end up hitting those limbs it's just the way it is you know it's like uh uh murphy's law if it if it can happen it will you know or uh uh, uh if there's limbs in the way you better bet your arrow is like a, a magnet to them you know so it's like really waiting for a clear window on their body and not trying to force it in and also waiting for a good angle that quartering towards angle is not a good shot and that that frontal shot will definitely kill animals, but you got to be extremely close. Like you're trying to hit, you know, a grapefruit-sized target in the front. Any wind drift, uh, any anything of that nature, and you're going to miss that buck, or you're going to wound him, or something bad's going to happen. And so, for me, like you know, I, I don't take many frontal shots at all. And and you know, he'd have to be 15, 20 yards for me to take a shot like that for sure. Where I just know I can put it right in that spot. I'm not going to deal with any wind drift. But other than that. Like a quartering towards shot is so tough with that shoulder there and to get the right angle and the the arrows angled back towards the guts and so like I just don't like that shot. I love like a broadside or a quartered away. Um, it's just money for archery and putting that shot in the right place. Um, so I'm really waiting for the right angle. I'm also waiting for the deer not to be looking at me. Um, you know, when they all get up and they start feeding around uh, I, I'm going to wait for their heads to be down, nothing looking at me for me to draw my bow. The other thing is a good range, too. Uh, this is so overlooked, but getting a good range. I've missed a lot of bucks because of a bad range. Uh, so really making sure that I hit them with the range finder multiple times when they're standing there. And, and this is tough. I don't want those movements when they're looking in my direction, but I've got to know the exact range to make a precise shot. And so this is this really slow and controlled movements and only moving when I, when I see the window. It's like um, you, you kind of learn what you can get away with and what you can't, and you don't force the situation. You, you just take what, what's given to you or you, um, 
you, you use the opportunity when their heads are down to get your range, to get your sight set, to get ready to shoot the whole deal. And uh, so I'm really waiting for the right opportunity to draw my bow. Now, there are these circumstances where you have to draw when they're looking at you. And I learned this in Hawaii, like those axis deer, you never get away with drawing your bow when they're looking at you. Never. Um so, so you just learn not to. And so the first couple, like I can get away with it on mule deer and elk sometimes. Uh, when they first get on to me and, and they, they know I'm there, I know I'm busted, I know the situation is going to blow up. Like a lot of times I can draw my bow really slow. I can get my pin on them and I can execute a shot. And, and it doesn't happen all the time, but you know, every once in a while, I'll get away with it. On axis deer, no way. Like, it, once they're onto you or once they see you and you try to draw your bow, they just explode out of there. And so that was a good lesson for me to learn is that if they were staring right in my direction, you know, the play was to not move at all, not react, not try to draw my bow, not do anything, and almost let them start to walk off or let them start to, to get away before I draw my bow. Like, really look for that that opportunity to get drawn back and, and execute that good shot. So, um, but you know, there are those circumstances with mule deer and elk where you will get a chance, um, to draw, you know, even though they, they may be looking at you and in those circumstances, no fast movements, fast movements are what are, what's going to blow them up. So it's, it's all slow, it's all controlled, but you know, what you really want to find, what you really want to do is keep the element of surprise and draw when nothing's looking at you, have them have no idea that you're there, and then execute your good shot. And it, it's just these slow, controlled movements, taking every stock serious and really trying to be clutch on these stocks. And so um, I've I just been thinking a, a lot about these these nuances of the stock and these plays, and they're so important to killing that animal. And then, you know, for me, it's a controlled shot or nothing. Like, I'm just so committed to that. I'm so accurate when I shoot controlled shots and um, I punched one shot last year, and it was on that that early season uh, mule deer, that one that 20 yards off the cliff. I don't know if you guys watched the YouTube on that, uh, but he was 20 yards. Um, the my I just barely got drawn back. I barely um, got anchored, you know, to where I could see through my peep and see my sight. And that that buck started to roll, and I tried to throw my 20 pin on him and punch it off, and uh, shot right over his back. And, and I actually would have been better to just wait and let that buck move off. He would have stopped again, and he was 20 yards. He maybe stopped at 40 yards or at 50 yards if I didn't throw this arrow over his back that was ricocheting off the arrows, making or uh, ricocheting off all the rocks, making this, this noise. Like, he maybe would have stopped at 40 or 50. I could have executed a good shot, and he would have been dead. So, for me, it's this controlled shot, and this controlled shot, um, I did that, that Western Hunting Summit, and... Um, you know, it's like uh, uh, Joel Turner's great. I want to get him on the podcast about controlled shooting. He just does a really good job of explaining why it's so important and explained a lot of the things that I do or describe my shot process and sequence. Um, but but I'd never heard him talk before, never heard anything like it. So it was just great to listen to him, to um, listen a lot to what he had to say. But it really is talking yourself through the shot. It's building this shot process. You know, and mine is is, um, you know, when I draw back, uh, I make the decision I'm going to make a good shot. As I draw back, it's it's anchor, level, put the pin where it goes. Like, I've, I've got to think about that or say that to myself in my head uh, when I first draw back. So put the pin where it goes and then um, uh, uh, pull. 
and and the put the pin where it goes and pull is like the the difference for me making a good shot or a bad shot and and it's only a second the difference between a good shot and a bad shot it's just letting that pin float and pulling on that thing pulling on my release until that shot breaks or the the you know where i make a bad shot or where it doesn't go good is when i put that pin where it needs to go and I punch that trigger off like that shot is just not an accurate shot for me. And so uh, for me, it's keeping in that controlled shot sequence. And I think about that throughout the entire hunt. I'll carry my release aid, which is just some 550 cord that's to my draw length. I have my release with me. You know, I'm going to execute multiple shots even during this hunt, just preparing for my moment, preparing for making that controlled shot and putting it right through the middle of one of these critters. And there is nothing that feels better than making a perfect executed shot on these animals. So uh, be thinking about that a bunch. Uh, we're really working on my visualizations these last handful of days any free time I get like I'm visualizing getting a shot at a big buck and uh, how it's going to go down and and um, I think that really helps me like once it comes time to make this shot I mean this is what we've all worked for the entire season and it's right upon us it's it's hunting season so I just want to give it my absolute all and I I know it's archery and things can happen and you know, I'm going to blow stocks this season on, on big critters. It's just the way it is. And as clutch as I want to be and as good as I am in those moments, uh, failure is a prerequisite to bow hunting. Like, I am going to fail. Uh, you know, hopefully I don't have any bad missed shots or, um, you know, anything like that. I mean, I'd love to have a season where I don't mess up any stocks or any shots, but I just know... Uh, it's the nature of the beast. The wind's going to swirl, something's going to go wrong, and it's going to blow up. And I have to be prepared for that and be prepared to pick myself up, get back on the horse, and get back after it, create another stock. Hunting season's short, and these windows that we have where we get a week to go hunt or a weekend to go hunt, and um, we we are able to... to um, to go out and give it our all and try to create these opportunities like you know it, we don't get to do this all year round 365 days a year the the window is short in there and so I just want to make sure that I'm putting forth maximum effort to to try to create these opportunities and make things happen and so that's uh, why I'm, I'm so pumped for this like um I, I know you know that I that I've got my body in good shape. I know my shooting styled. I know I got my head right. And it's time to cut loose and get to the mountains and see what I'm made of. Try to make this happen. And I, you know, I also, you know, I I don't want to shoot like I've got these these goal animals in mind. And they don't need to be a a, a 200 inch mule deer on on every hunt. You know, because it's it's just not feasible on every hunt. It's not feasible in every location. But I do, uh, you know. I know I have these skill sets that I built over the years and I want to see what I'm made of and, and uh, really set my sights high and my targets high, my goals high and stick to them and um, not waver on it. And just if I don't find the buck that I want, I want to keep putting forth effort. And if I run out of days, uh, you know, I'll go back <laughs> or if I if I run out of days and it doesn't happen and it doesn't come together on my target buck, I'm OK with that. I just want maximum effort. I want to keep to my goals and I want to keep trying to create these opportunities. Um, so, yeah, I just absolutely can't wait. And, and all these rules apply like on all these animals like um, uh, I've got I've also got antelope season coming up. And, you know, I gosh, I um, 
I've gotten really good at hunting these antelope, and last year um, I didn't harvest one, and I had so many mule deer hunts and different hunts I was going on that I didn't dedicate the time, and I won't make that mistake this year. I'm not going to get an antelope tag every year, and, and it's a, a special opportunity where, you know, they're kind of like Hawaii. They're this high-opportunity hunt where you get a bunch of chances at antelope, and I love the species. Like, it may be one of my funnest hunts all year long because I get so many stocks, so many plays. And then these antelope are so good at catching you. Uh, you. You know, if I just think about coming over a hillside and looking at them, it's like they've already got you busted. They just catch movement so well. And so they really help sharpen my skills. Uh, but they're also just a ton of fun and a great challenge. And so I'm going to make sure that I dedicate the days for hunting antelope this year. And antelope, uh, it's finding an antelope in the right spot. So they live in real open terrain, and you can't make it happen on any buck you see. Um, you know, it's like a lot of times they're just in a bad spot, and you just have to be patient and let them get to a better spot or get yourself in close and then let things develop and let things happen. Uh, but it's constantly this cat and mouse keeping the element of surprise, never letting them know you're there, never giving yourself away, and, and then just adapting to the situation that you're given. When they walk over a hillside, you know, that may be your chance. And the longer you play this game, uh, the the more chance you have at them making a mistake. And so, um, you know, I, 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 I use... Um, bunch of different methods for for locating antelope but you know one of my biggest tools for antelope hunting is my vehicle being able to travel hundreds of square miles and now I get out and I do hikes here and there and I go out and I glass different drainages that I can't see from the road and things but I'm doing a lot of my my looking you know just because the 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 area is so big. I may be hunting 300 square miles, and there's a lot of that country that doesn't hold antelope. I've got to find them before I can hunt them. And so I use a lot of long-range glass, uh, picking these animals out and seeing them before I make a play. And then, you know, I also have, like, um, hot spots that I know antelope are going to be in that, you know, I'll walk over and I'll go check out and I'll go glass and and uh, go try to get on them, you know, in a spot or whatever. Go try to find them doing a, doing a hike. And I... I love to get like I've I've been running so hard. I love my my physical exercise every day, and I don't want to be stuck in a truck or stuck in a truck window. But uh, you know, it, it's just you have to cruise around country to find where these populations are before you hunt them. If you just take off aimlessly on a walk, like you're probably not going to find an antelope and not going to get a lot of stalks that day. And so for me, I cruise a lot of country and I glass from afar and I try to find them before I'm making a play on them. But antelope are so fun because you get multiple plays on a really switched on animal you get to move with them and and uh, 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 you know try all these tactics out and so they really help sharpen my skills and so antelope it is finding them in the right spots or it's moving in and moving close and then letting them move to these right spots keeping your eye on them and then once I make a play on antelope like the same rules apply of moving slow and um, uh, really using the ungulation on antelope is super important. And so, um, using, you know, bottoms or dry riverbeds or even irrigation ditches to kind of move down and move into position and just always keeping an eye on these, these antelope, um, their, their behaviors and what their attitude is and, and moving in using this ungulation, uh, antelope will wind you too. You got to have the wind right on antelope, but most of the time on the prairie, the the wind is is more of a steady wind, so it's not as big of a factor as it is in the mountains. Um, so you know, moving in on these things, it's slow, it's controlled, 
and keeping that element of surprise. Like all those same rules apply to antelope as they do uh, apply to mule deer as well. And so uh, just trying to move in, get a really good range on them before I shoot. They're a small animal. And um, then execute a good shot. And uh, man, these antelope eat so good. So uh, I won't go another year without filling my antelope tag. That's for sure. I'm definitely going to dedicate a lot of time. And I'd like to travel to some of these locations that grow some of these bigger ones. And so usually for me, I'm looking for just a good representation, good buck antelope that's mature. Usually above 70 inches fits the bill for me. And I make a play or make a stock. And I've killed a couple in the mid 70s. I might have one that's like 76 or somewhere in there. But I would love to kill that big 80 inch or 80 or 85 and they're out there and they're around in these different locations I've just got to travel to them and dedicate some time so I'm hoping um you know I can go on this first muley hunt really give it my all I mean this is a super adventure this is what I wait for all year long the most uh remote country or the most rough and rugged country the lower 48 has to offer for these mule deer you know in these these rock shoots and alpine basins high country uh, you know, my first hunt's above 11,000, uh, and then I have a hunt coming up uh, that's above 13,000 in Colorado. Um, just super pumped. I've got a couple great opportunities to chase big bucks around and have this super adventure. And these super adventures, they're made up, like, um, the more you put into something, the more it means to you, the, the more meaningful it is, like, the better the adventure is. And so I just want to push really hard to try to find some of these next-level critters and make things happen. So that means covering a bunch of miles, uh, uh, backpacking with everything I need, um, but, but I'm going to push it. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push my limits. Um, I know that, that even I have another gear to hit. Um, I put in all the work. I'm in great shape. Like I am going to put forth maximum effort and that's a guarantee. And I'm, I'm just not going to, not going to be afraid of big distances. I'm not going to be afraid of, of moving camp. I'm just, um, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put everything into this and then let the cards fall where they do, you know, and, and see if I can arrow a great buck. And so, um, man, I just can't wait. This is that, that time of year that, that I wait for all year long. And, and, um, so I, I just know the final phase of this is getting my mind right for, for this um, effort that I have to put in and um, being clutch on my stocks, clutch on my shots, and just know that I'm only going to get so many opportunities a year and I have to make good on them. Um, but man, it's going to be a riot to be living out of my backpack. And, you know, another thing too is like... Um, you know, I talk about keeping my head right. It's it's also going to be keeping my head right up there. Um, you know, I'm going to take care of everything before I go. I'm going to have the right people in the right places. Uh, you know, and I can't worry about it or micromanage it from up there. Like, um, I'm I'm going to have to let things go. I'm going to have to know that my family's okay uh, because I know they are. You know, I know that I've I've set myself up right. I know that everything will be taken care of at work. And there's you know, I also know that there's going to be challenges that pop up. There's going to be things that go wrong while I'm in the mountains, um, and I'm going to have to handle them. And, of course, if it's something with my family or something that I need to call it quits early or safety or something like that, I'll definitely do that. But for the most part, it's all stuff I can take care of when I get home. I've got the right people in the right places. Like, I can't get up there and be stressed out, worried about home, worried about my family, worried about work, what's being taken care of, who's where. Like, I, I've got to let all that go. I've got to let all that stress go and just be immersed in the experience. I have to be, 
I have to be in the moment. Like this is what I live for and, and what I've been working, you know, the last 20 years for is to have these backcountry hunts, to have this tag and this opportunity in my pocket, to be able to to give it up my all and push myself mentally and physically. Like this is what I live for. And so, you know, I'm not going to let a little problem at work or on the job site affect me up there. Um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll take care of things. I make sure that I've got the right people in the right places to make good decisions and uh, let it be what it's going to be. I'm not going to sit up there and stress about it. And so, like, that's another part of getting my mind right, like being present in the moment, like really enjoying this. Like these tags are getting tougher and tougher to come by. And, and you know, I'm going to a mountain range that I haven't been since like 2015. Like this is a special place to me that I've wanted to get back to forever. Like um, I, I'm just not going to let the little things affect me. I'm going to be present and I'm going to, immerse myself in this adventure and I'm going to enjoy it. I'm, I'm going to enjoy every bit of it. I'm going to enjoy the grind of it, the hard work, the stocks, the blown stocks, uh, uh, seeing these bucks, glassing these bucks. Like I'm just going to try to take it all in. Like this, this time we get for ourselves to enjoy what we truly love to do is special and it's fleeting. We spend so much of our time at work or, um, you know, trying to take care of our responsibilities and make sure everybody else is taken care of. Like this is our chance to cut loose and to, to, to really give it our all and challenge ourselves and, and, and be present in the moment, not be up there worried about work or worried about my family or worried about something that I shouldn't be, uh, when I know everything's good or that I've taken care of everything. And so, you know, that's another part of readying my mind is just making sure that I'm present in those moments and, and able to give it my all up there. And, you know, it's, it's like any of these, you know, over the years I've had things come up or I've been stressed about things in the mountains or whatever. And it's always like I get home and I can take care of it in a day or two and it's done. And it's like, God, I, I ruined a whole seven day hunt worrying about this or a whole 10 day hunt worrying about this thing that took me a day or two to take care of when I got home. Like it's not that big a deal. Um, you know, so uh, that's just another part of me getting ready for this this um, final push into season. And I know at times I'm going to be tired. I'm going to be sleep deprived. I'm going to have to ride gnarly storms out. Uh, I'm going to have to endure up there. Um, it, you know, there's a reason uh, why it's so difficult to harvest these animals. And I, I realize that and, and know that it takes everything that I have, both mentally and physically. And so uh, I'm just ready to go all in. I'm ready for this backcountry test and... Um, you know, I've thought a lot about all these little things, you know, with the stock and the, uh, the nuances of it. And then, you know, um, locating critters and the challenges I'm going to face and the weather I'm going to face. And I'm ready for it all. I'm just um, I'm ready to cut loose and see what I'm made of and see what I can do. So uh, I'm super pumped as I know um, you guys are are uh, getting excited as well. It's It's right upon us. So get out and make the most of your hunts this year and whatever time you have. It doesn't matter if I'm a weekend warrior. Like if I get a free day, I'm going to make the most of it. I'm going to be efficient and effective with my time. And, you know, for me, that's going to mean, um, you know, working a lot, working a lot of mornings, a lot of evenings, you know, working to get things done so that I can go out and go hunt, you know, making sure that I'm getting really good podcasts for you guys during season, making sure that everything's taken care of in the business and that I'm getting my paperwork done and that, you know, when I have free hours, I'm on the job site. Like speaking of this morning, that's where I've got to head. You know, I got to get to the job site. I've got to get a bunch done. Uh, I'll be working tonight. Like um, I've got a, a podcast tonight, uh, two of them tonight. I've got one tomorrow. Like I've, I've got to just, um, when I am home or when 
when I am working, I got to put everything into it. And I know, you know, I know at times I'm going to be sleep deprived. I know at times I'm going to be tired and worn down. I just have to do the best job I can at taking care of myself, getting really good sleep. And that's in the mountains too. That sleep is so important uh, to recovery. Um, making sure that I'm putting maximum effort in, that I'm finding time to to take a nap. And I'm not a napper, but you know I know I'm going to be worn down, that I have to take care of myself, put good food in my system. I have to keep hydrated. And um, you know that's going to play a big part in keeping my mind right and in hunting as efficiently and as effectively as I can. And so um, it's going to be a big part of it as well. So it's going to be all these little things. I mean, this is the ultimate backcountry test. This is what us guys live for. And, um, it's not easy. You know, I know success rates, you know, they range from, you know, 5% to about 20% in the units that I hunt. You know, that's even at the best odds at 20%, that's one in five guys are going to be successful for me to be one of those guys. It's going to take full effort, full send. Um, so yeah, as you can tell, I've been thinking about it a bunch. I can't wait. So Let's start this season off right. Let's have a good season. Uh, you know, I know I'm going to go through lows. I have to see through these lows and know that there's, you know, a high on the other side of it, you know. So, um, man, I can't wait. Let's go for it. All in. All right. Thanks, you guys. Thanks a bunch for the support of the podcast. I really appreciate it. And um, I'll, I'll be better on social media. God, I haven't been good lately. I haven't been posting a lot. It's just like um, the last thing on my list to do. Um, just so much work to get done, responsibility. But I do need to make sure, you know, it's um, self-promotion. And, um, you know, I've got all you guys following along on these venture adventures. And I need to make sure that I uh, put out some quality content along the way of what I'm doing and, and uh, update you guys. So I definitely need to be better at that. So it's on my list. Um Again, it's just taken that half hour and um, not even that, you know, it's like taking 10 minutes and getting on there and making a post. But I, I've just um, I've, I've been so laser focused lately trying to get everything done I need to. But that's another thing that I need to be focused on and need to put out quality content so I can update you guys and, and share these adventures that I love so much. So I uh, need to be better at that. You know, a few things that I need to improve on. But for the most part, I'm ready going to go be present in the mountains and I'm going to go arrow a giant mule deer. So, uh, I'll leave you guys with that. And, uh, thanks again. I really appreciate you guys and, uh, good luck on these early season hunts. Get after them. And, uh, with that, I'll uh, check in with you guys next week.